0: You're listening to the FUVFC podcast on WFUVSports.org. Hello, everybody. FUVFC on this May 24th, 2017. It's finally starting to feel like summer exams are over. Just about everybody's gone for the summer, but not Luke Fiore. Not Luke Fiore. He's here in the studio here in the wonderful Rose Hill Hill Studios to uh, accompany me for this fantastic episode of FUVFC, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about.
1: But first of all, Luke, how are you, my man? I'm quite good. I'm I'm pleased to be joining you guys here for my first full show. Uh, I'm ready to jump in and talk some soccer. Y- you say you guys, but I am the only one here. Well, so. I mean the whole crew. I'm looking on a <laughs> normal basis, <laughs> yeah. but you in particular today.
0: No, we're definitely glad to have you, Luke. I know we um uh, unceremoniously kicked you out of the trivia contest last time. I apologize for that. I didn't think I didn't <laughs> think all four of you would show up and so I only prepared prepared three sets of questions, but you know, you're here now, so we yeah. didn't Permanently kick you off the podcast. That's we good. are, yeah. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we we can have you back. Glad you're able to come by at least for a couple episodes this summer. But here we go. We've got a good a good episode here today. We've got we're going to talk about the Red Bulls. We're going to talk about how they've been doing this season. We've talked a lot about NYCFC in previous episodes. We're going to focus on the Red Bulls this episode. Unfortunately, James Corrigan are. Red Bulls beat writer is not available this afternoon, so we'll try to do our best and, give a, mm-hmm. and do the do the job of James Corrigan. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to try to do his job and talk about the Red Bulls this season. Excuse me. And then we're going to talk about the BPL and Championship Sunday. And really, the only drama this weekend, obviously, first was settled, second was settled. But the real drama was not really—I mean, City, we all knew, was going to make it. But the battle was between Arsenal and Liverpool for that fourth Champions League spot. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm sure you've got a lot to talk about, I Luke. Do. I, I I'm sure you were, uh, for lack of a better word, crying yourself to sleep during that first half. It was a real, real cagey opening 45 minutes. But once once that
1: Wayne goal win, I felt like all the pressure just went off went off that team. It was scary watching those that Man City up at least two nothing at the time, and Arsenal up two nothing at the time, and Liverpool still not up zero still
0: 0-0. They were out of the Champions League there until until the scary. end of the first half. Yeah, that's not. That was not a good position for Liverpool fans to be in. But they made it. They are in fourth. They are officially back in the Champions League. And that's good. I I would much rather see Liverpool than Arsenal in the Champions League. I mean, Arsenal has... I mean, they've shown that they are nowhere near capable of competing with the European elite and... As much as as much as Man United fans and Everton fans like to like to degrade Liverpool, they are a European for for lack of a better term, I use a college basketball team here, but they are European blue blood. I mean, they have mm-hmm. five European trophies. Not that Liverpool fans don't let you know that all the time, of course. But you know <laughs> they have they have five European Cups and one Europa League, or technically UEFA Cup, but U- Europa League as it's called now and. They they are nothing is better in my opinion than Anfield on a European night. It's just there's just something it beats Old Trafford. It beats even Stamford Bridge. On my opinion, but it's 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 a real special atmosphere.
1: It's it's great to see, especially when Le- Liverpool being back in the Champions League is is great for the Premier League. I think at I least. agree because you, as you said earlier, Arsenal is. I mean, they have the talent, they have the big names, but just Wenger has he's managed them out of contention. They were in second place. At one point in the Premier League or third place, maybe um a cup just like February sometime around there, and they just went on a losing streak and played some pretty poor football or soccer um, but you can call uh, you can call it either one here i don't want to I want to use the proper terminology but um <laughs> yeah i honestly and Liverpool has definitely had its struggles they're not without their struggles um they they were in first and second place up until the new year when they played horrendously in January and then eventually lost Mane but they kind of held it together they scraped across some goals against some subpar teams finally towards the end of the yeah. season and just made it in there by the by the uh, to I don't use the, the f- cliche to st- by the
0: skin of their teeth yeah. is what they did that's it's it's absolutely true and they finally we were able to fix that, that problem that they had playing against, against lesser teams. And that's a real issue in the Premier League. I mean, that's how you lose titles. That's how you lose Champions League spots yeah. by not beating the lower teams. We'll get, we'll get in more into that later. But finally, we'll talk about Real Madrid winning La Liga for the first time since 2012. I kind of had to think twice about that. I'm just like, wow, has it really been five years since they won the league? I mean, it, it makes sense because obviously Atletico won it that one year. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Atletico won it that one year. Barcelona has obviously been on top for the past few years in the league, but w- we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, Zidane, in my opinion, is the greatest manager in the world. I think, I, I, I th- honestly, Conte is, is second place for me, but I, I really think that Zidane has just done an incredible job ever since coming into that role at the beginning, or in the middle of last year. We'll t- We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But first of all, we're going to talk about the Red Bulls here. We're going to talk about... Them just as a team right now. I mean, obviously they have their playoff struggles. We talk about that all the time. Obviously eliminated as the one seed without even advancing in the playoffs last year, which was a huge, huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. They did draw one-one with Toronto, which is a good result considering Toronto is top of the conference. But right now they are sixth in the East. Yeah, they're seven. They've got seventeen points. And a minus six goal differential. I mean, that's those are not good numbers, and they've got a game in hand on a lot of these teams. So yeah. it's it's an issue for
1: the Red Bulls right now. Not all not all is good in Red Bull land right now. I mean, yeah, we've seen the Red Bulls make the consistently make the playoffs for the past couple of years, but I mean, especially Robles playing as well as he's playing, it's just the it's the offense it's lacking. Uh, especially, I mean, just watching the Toronto game, um, the Toronto and Red Bulls game, it was a struggle throughout, throughout most of the game for the Red Bulls. They did score that goal against, um, on Wright Phillips' beautiful, somewhat bicycle kick. He didn't really leave the ground, but um, but for most of the game, Toronto had them on their heels. And it, it I, I don't know, that second, well, should have been second goal for Toronto was it was scary and i don't know exactly why it was called back i thought it was a goal but um it, as a red bulls fan it's definitely good uh to have them tie against the number 1 team in the in their conference but it wasn't that pretty so yeah, here's
0: here's the thing with that i think that it's good, like, for, in a vacuum, yeah, it's good You get a draw with the best team in the conference, but right now, that, they don't need draws right now, they yeah. need to get wins, they've already put themselves in a hole, and they've, in order to get themselves out of that hole, they've got to beat the good teams, and a 1-1 draw, and really an ugly 1-1 draw, I mean, they really didn't deserve to win, I mean, besides Wright Phillips' overhead kick, they really didn't offer that much in that game, I and mean, that yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful goal, I don't want to take anything away from that. But they really didn't. They really didn't deserve that point in 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 my in my opinion. I wish we had Corrigan on here because he he uh, was at the game and he was tweeting all and all, on and on about that overhead goal. But he never really tweeted that much about how the game really unfolded as a whole. So I, I wish I would have been able to get his opinion on that. But regardless, Dax McCarty is a, such a huge loss for them. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. uh, there were two huge losses for the New York area teams. I mean, obviously MSCFC losing Frank Lampard and. The Red Bulls losing Dax McCarty. I mean, Dax McCarty, that was just because of the Red Bulls' decision. I mean, they wanted to get rid of him. They got allocation money. But, they. I mean, at this point, I'll say this. They're running a 4-4-2 diamond right now, which is a, which is a fine formation. I mean, Chelsea won the league with that formation back in 2009-10. It's such an important formation. However, the CDM is one of one of, if not the most important positions in that in that team because it's so isolated, that position. I mean, you've got five attackers, and you've got the four defenders. There's that one pivot man in the middle who has to do the job of protecting the back four as opposed to two in a 4-2-3-1, in a four, two, three, one, so to speak. So, as Dax McCarty is a center defensive mid, and right now they're playing, I, I forget exactly the name of the guy who they're playing there right now, but he hasn't been fantastic. I'm just saying that Dax McC- and, just, and just in my opinion, I feel like Dax McCarty would have been such a better player in that role and it, it just it, because of the formation they're
1: playing it just it just makes me scratch my head why did they trade him it was just it's just bizarre it's it's always weird when you trade away the captain of the team i mean i i remember getting the alert back in the off season and just looking at the screen puzzled it's bizarre i mean he's team captain as yeah. well it's bizarre i i i'm shocked by the decision and i think it did not I think it worked very well in Chicago's favor, especially when I watched the uh, the Red Bulls uh, fire game a couple weeks ago, and you could tell McCarty was he was really playing his hardest against his old team, and he looked really good. And I was sitting there scratching my head, saying, "Why did we give him up for pretty much just some allocation money?" As you yeah. said, it yeah. I still I think it's a big loss for the Red Bulls and a, a bad decision as of now. We'll see what comes of that money, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh the Fire have won that trade.
0: No, abs- it's 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 a bizarre trade. I mean, now that the Fire have got Schwansteg, I mean they're like a mm. completely different team now. I mean, yeah. they, they, it gave the Chicago Fire an identity. We talked about this months ago on the podcast, but there's some people who are for it, some people who are against it. But all in all, it doesn't matter how many games they win, but it's give, given the Chicago Fire an identity, not just in that city, but in the MLS in soccer, as yeah, a whole.
1: they did finish in I think last place last yeah. season. Yeah, they so. were
0: absolutely atrocious last season, and they've been they've been better. They're not an incredible team overall, but they've Definitely been better. All right, we're going to move on here. We're going to talk about the BPL. City and Liverpool are the three and four. They are both in the Champions League. And England might have five because Manchester City is about to get underway in their Europa League final as we speak. And if they win, that's five Premier League teams in the BPL. And the crazy thing is, none of those five teams are Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, first time since 1998, I believe they won't be in the Champions League. That's that's a whole
1: generation yeah. of Arsenal fans who have never seen their team in the Champions League. I mean, it's almost like the Yankees. I think Arsenal fans are a little bit spoiled, and it's whoa, I whoa, mean,
0: whoa. Let's not compare Arsenal to the Yankees. I, at I, least, at least the Yankees actually win titles. Arsenal true. can't win anything to save their lives.
1: Well, the Yankees. Uh, I'm just saying one title in the new decade, not counting 2000. I mean, uh, the new millennium. But that's a side note. The Red Sox have three. Oh my god! Did, did anyone ask you? you well,
0: are, I thought you were a Mets fan. I am. Okay, I was confused there. For, I was like, you're not a Red Sox. Fan. I'm not a Red what, Sox what fan. I, but you, I'm okay. just
1: comparing the two the two teams. But that getting is true. back, to they, bo-
0: they That is true. Fair enough. But
1: continue. Um, oh jeez. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, about Arsenal. Uh, th- their fans are a bit spoiled, and I think now that the whole Wenger or Vanger out um has become like very public. It's Arsenal fans are really outraged that they're not there, and they got that first taste. They say when you you don't know what you have until it's taken away, and I feel like Arsenal fans are really getting a feel for that now, yep. and that's why they're clamoring so hard for their manager to be sacked. But well, yeah, you bring that up.
0: I was just, that was one of my main notes here. How you got to think about this logically first? Like, I mean, Arsene Wenger, yeah, he's beloved at the club, and he's beloved by the board, and all that. But if he finished he finished fifth outside of the Champions League, that's a ton of money. That's monetary. I mean, that's mostly what the owners care about. I mean, Stan Krenke, we all know he's all about money. He doesn't care about community or sports or anything like that. He just wants the money, as evidenced by him moving the Rams back to L.A. But when you look at it, there's a monetary loss now against Wenger. If he doesn't win a trophy, that's more... Not, not just monetary loss, but a loss of class and a loss of prestige around this team. So they, their stock, so to speak, is so far down right now. How, how on earth can you keep Arsene Wenger if he doesn't win a trophy and he doesn't make top four?
1: What, how can you keep him? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I personally don't think he should be kept, but I mean, I see the reasons he's had a successful track record with Arsenal. Yes, he's had very talented teams, but, uh, if you want to base it on history, you could say, give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he doesn't make it again next year, that's when you start panicking and get rid of him. But for me, um, if getting in the mindset of an Arsenal fan and, uh, someone in the club, I would definitely... I would definitely get rid of him. But for as a Liverpool fan and as a fan of the rest of the Premier League, I think it's it's a good storyline and it's definitely helps out some of the rest of the clubs. It's so. always
0: it's always fun to see Arsenal fan TV just rip on Arsene Wenger after after every loss.
1: It's just great. It's it's must
0: see TV at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean TV being YouTube, but still it's just it's it's must watch TV. I'm a Chelsea fan. And I love watching them. I yeah. always I'm just as excited to watch uh, Arsenal fan TV as I am and to watch Chelsea fan TV after after the game. It's it's. It's it's ridiculous. And they got some good guys on that on that broadcast. And if you haven't if you haven't gone and checked it out yet, you definitely should. There are a lot of uh, a lot of fun times to be had watching Arsenal Fan TV, especially if you're a fan of a rival team. But we'll talk about Liverpool here for a second. Mm. Back in the Champions League, they missed out last season. They missed out the last two seasons if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, because yeah, they I were in the so. Europa League the year before. Back in the like I said earlier, they've got the European pedigree. They are a blue blood. It's good, in my opinion, for the Premier League to have Liverpool back in the top four and in the Champions League. I know, that as a Liverpool fan, you obviously agree. I do. Man City third. Yeah, we we mostly knew. I mean, it would have been a huge, huge shock if Pep Guardiola yeah. didn't at least get his team to the Champions League. I mean, him—that's this is the first time he's ever he's ever finished outside of the top two as a manager in in as a football manager. Yeah. I mean, the that's only other crazy. time he didn't win the league was when he came in second in his last season at Barcelona. So that's, I mean. I think a lot of people expected him to take this league by storm, ignoring the fact that, first of all, the 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 defense, Man City's defense was a mess. I mean, Otamendi's been really a really disappointing player. He hasn't lived up to his price tag. Company's been injured a lot, and the, uh, the outside backs on that team have been just absolutely terrible. So I think a lot of people ignored that. And also, it's the Premier League. I mean, the Premier League has proven time and time again to be very different from Germany, from mm-hmm. Spain, and from Italy. So, I mean, it's... It's it's hard. It was hard for Guardiola. I understand looking back. While a lot of people were just ready to give the league to Man City again, but do you think this season is a disappointment for Man City? Um, that's tough. No trophies. Yeah, knocked down the in the Champions League
1: round of sixteen as well to Monaco. Don't forget that in the in the international. I I do believe it's a disappointment. But within the Premier League itself, I, I don't. It's hard because. I don't know. Chelsea was just so so good this year. Their team was so solid, so consistent. Um, and even Tottenham played really well. I, I mean, even that last game, seven one. Yeah. Harry Kane came out of nowhere. Yeah. They are last gonna two be, games. They're going to be. They're going to
0: be a force to be reckoned with next year.
1: It's yeah. At a time when if they can keep everybody. That yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think Man City at three is not a disappointment. Um, as a Man City fan, obviously you want to be two or one, but I think third third place is good, especially looking at the teams you're ahead of. Liverpool is a great team. Um, Arsenal is a great team, managed poorly, as we said earlier. <laughs> Man Manchester United has one of the largest payrolls. I mean, they had on uh, amongst others. Uh, I mean... Really? Yes, yes, they beat good teams. There are
0: but that's that's what you've gotta do if you're Pep yeah. Guardiola and look at the money they have. They have Aguero, who's that's one true. of the best players, not just in the league, but in the world. They've got Gabriel Jesus who's gonna be one of the next big things in the Premier League. I mean, they've got David Silva, they've got Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, I mean they got all these great players and you would think with a manager to put all that together, they'd be golden. But unfortunately, as I just mentioned, that defense was Absolutely terrible this season, in my opinion. I think this season was a tremendous disaster for Man City. Not just because they finished third, but because the they didn't have that aura mm-hmm. that a Pep Guardiola team should have in the league. He never was able to really get that get that aura, get that turn the Etihad into a fortress like he has at the Camp Nou and at the Allianz Arena. Like he, it, it was. The main re- One of the main reasons why they brought Pep in is because he's good for the image. And by the end of the season, Manchester City, they were kind of just like, okay, they're not going to challenge for the league, but like... The, the, the most interesting thing that happened with them this season was the inst- all the problems with Claudio Bravo. I mean, yeah. that was, the, was that was going say that was the most interesting thing. When your goal goalkeep, a goalkeeping problem is your most interesting issue, like that's a problem. Like they never fought for anything. They w- went out with the FA Cup with a whimper against a weak. Ars- I mean, against a, against a weaker Arsenal team mm-hmm. that never shows up in the big moments, but they did against Man City, which yeah. just shows you that the aura. Uh, look! Look at when Arsenal went up against good managers. Conte, I mean, the second two times. I mean, they got they got, or yeah. it's the second time they got destroyed. Look at what happened when they went up against Pochettino. They got crushed. And look at what happened when they got when they got, went up against Mourinho. I mean, one time they beat him, but uh, the other time they at, when they were on the road, they they didn't really deserve to even get a point when they did. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think that it's a real, real disappointment for Man City, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, just getting getting back to Claudio Bravo. I, I really I think that was one of the main reasons that Man City did not perform as they would have liked. That is
0: true. I mean, his horrible streak was right during the time that Chelsea went in their great streak. I mean, yeah. it came
1: to, it came to a confluence
0: when they played each other in early December. I mean, that game should have been 1-1. I mean, two of those goals should not have especially Hazard's or excuse me, Hazard's counterattack and Willian's counterattack should not have gone in if that's any other keeper in between the sticks. But Bravo was in just such poor form that he let both of them in, and Chelsea ended up winning 3-1. The, the, the tide of the league could have changed if, that was, if that's a 1-1 draw and not a 3-1 win for Chelsea in yeah. that game. I mean, you've got you've to gotta look at that. I mean, we'll see what happens with Bravo next year. Guardiola never should have ran... Hart out of town, I don't know, that's just karma for me, in my opinion, there was no need for him, I mean, he was a great servant to the club, he had been there for four years, I mean, yeah, he had a horrible Euros, but he, a- w- he wouldn't have been worse, I mean, yeah, he went to Torino and has been fantastic, but I just think, in my opinion, this is karma for running Joe Hart out of town when he had already been, I was more bothered by Man City running Joe Hart out of town than... Leicester City running Claudio Ranieri out of town, and that's Same. a very and that's a very unique take. I know a lot of people hated when Ranieri had when it, when Ranieri was fired, but in my opinion, manager, if you're, it's what have you done for me lately? And you saw it. I don't. All I need to say is look at what happened with Mourinho last season. That team was a completely different team after hitting took over for them, and they're a one thousand percent different team this season. If Mourinho's still managing that team, we finished seventh or sixth this year, just like just like United did. I mean, it, yeah. the manager makes all the difference right now in the BPL, and you've got to stay with the times. And Re- Lester was fighting relegation at that point. You can't argue like, oh, he's not- you're just mad because he's not winning you the league. No, they're mad because yeah. he's going to get them relegated. That was the issue. They were, I think, 17th or 16th around that time. Yeah, 16th. They were like was... one or two points off the relegation zone. It was ridiculous. He he needed to go, unfortunately. I know it's a great story and all that. Believe me, I when Chelsea fired Di Matteo back in 2013 after he brought them to the Champions League, I was... So upset by that. I mean, how could you do this? He won us the Champions League, and I'm sure that's how that's how um, Leicester fans felt about him. But when the time when the time came, I mean, Di Matteo wasn't a great manager. And besides that one season with Ranieri winning the league, I mean. He hasn't been a fantastic manager either let's be honest here he's, he might be one of the most overrated managers yeah. in the world unfortunately as as much as everybody loves that whole Cinderella fairy tale story with Lester, i mean he's besides that one season and maybe one good season at chelsea he's been a, he's he's been real he's been real shaky as a manager mm-hmm. he had a, an incredible year
1: by Jamie Fardy, too i mean, I mean well
0: and yeah, everything oh, the stars aligned for them is what happened in in Leicester last season obviously okay we'll talk ...about Real Madrid here for a little bit. We'll talk about La Liga. don't usually talk a ton about La Liga. We talk Mm -hmm. about BPL a lot. We talk about Serie A, because Mir, obviously, one of our members of the podcast, (laughs) is from Italy. But we'll talk about La Liga here. Real Madrid, obviously, winners of the league, as you've obviously heard by now. First time since 2012, as I teased early in the show, which is just... You would think that a club as big as Real Madrid, arguably the biggest in the world, you would expect them to win at least a, a league title and basically what is a two horse league every other year but a 5 year gap between titles is just it just yeah. it just
1: it, it made me scratch my head i was like really it's been that long since they won a title i mean yeah i was in shock too when i saw that i mean when you just have cristiano ronaldo who yeah. is other than Messi. I mean I,
0: I'm not I'm not trying to take away I know they've won trophies I know another won a Champions League. Mm-hmm. I know they won another Champions League I know they've won other stuff here and there, but I'm not trying to say they've been a disappointment as a club, but I'm just saying it's weird for a 5-year drought in the league. Yeah. I mean
1: obviously they've been successful in other venues, but uh, yeah, it's shocking looking at it. I mean, maybe Atletico Madrid is like kind of like the third horse, but really it's just them and Barcelona. I mean, they did
0: win it one. They did win it in 2014 obviously, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely still a two-horse race. Let's be honest here. When it comes to payroll and everything like that, and club mm-hmm. stature, it's a two-horse race.
1: And especially that whole Cristiano Ronaldo versus Messi kind of mentality. But looking back, I was I went week by week, and when, uh, in week 33, when Barcelona played Real Madrid, week
0: 33. I like that. It's very specific.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I have it pulled up right here. It's, okay. I was. I was going to Google. Okay. Um, but. When Barcelona pulled off that win against Real Madrid, since then, both teams have won all of their games. Which I mean, it's it's pretty hard to, I mean, the league isn't up to um, Real Madrid's, I mean, standards. Yeah, I guess. no,
0: absolutely. I mean, you got to play play teams like Alaves and Celta Vigo. I mean, Celta Vigo is a good team. Yeah. but they're not they're not at the level of Real Madrid. I mean, every league has that, but there are some teams like. Real Betis, who are just, like, really, like, really, like, come yeah. on. Ibar, like, teams that have, like, a 10000 seat stadium and you got freaking Cristiano Ronaldo rolling in. I mean, it's just, like, the, 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 there's a huge gap in power between the top and the bottom in in, in the uh, in La Liga.
1: Yeah, I mean, just both teams winning out, especially... I, I think it's pretty incredible by Real Madrid winning those last however many games, um, six or seven games there. Um, and keep in mind, Real Madrid had played most of the season with games
0: in hand because of mm-hmm. all the European Super Cup and the Champions League and all that. They've had a, and the Club World Cup as well. They've had, they've had games in hand just about all season. Barcelona was technically winning the league for a while, yeah. They, but they
1: were always they always had a couple games in hand. I mean, that's that's what I find most impressive by Real Madrid. That like they had the pressure by they Barcelona. Didn't, exactly, they didn't they let didn't it choke. get to
0: them. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a great point. I like how you brought up the la- the Real Madrid's last loss, and that was such a. It was such a huge loss for Real Madrid because, A, they let Messi beat them with a last-minute winner. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought, oh, this might swing the tide, Real Madrid, or Barcelona might might win the league now, but it ended up not mattering. As, we, as you just mentioned, they won all of their last games. And I think that comes down to Zidane as a player. I think everyone in that locker room respects him. You know yeah. why? Because they all grew up idolizing him. Yeah. They respect him like no other player they, they respect him like no other potential manager. I mean, you can go in there like, oh yeah, Ancelotti's always been a great manager, but he doesn't really identify with the players at a grassroots level. I mean, Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo was a, just a young kid when he played against Zidane in the 2006 World Cup. I mean, he's, yeah. he, always, he, he, he sees Zidane as like, as like this god, and he's coming into that locker room, and he, anything Zidane says, that team will do. And it's he's really worked wonders. I mean, obviously winning the Champions League last year and winning the league this year and potentially another Champions League, which would be the first time since the 90s yeah. that a team won it back-to-back, which would be absolutely incredible. But yeah, I just think that Zidane is the best manager in the world because he gets the most out of the best players in the world. That's what makes a good manager, getting the most out of what you have.
1: Uh, yeah, I completely agree with what you said. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, really, he... He's pulled the best out of those guys, and it's it shown. I mean, the way they steamrolled through Champions League and have kept kept their foot on the gas in La Liga to win it out over Barcelona, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, Luis
0: Enrique in Barcelona, I, I feel like this was a real disappointing season for them. I mean, they've still got the Copa dore final, but that's not really. I mean, it goes it goes Champions League one League Two and then Copa del Rey is like five. It's really not. It's not as big as the FA Cup is in England. It's not as big as other domestic cups might be. The Copa del Rey it is. It is a trophy. They're not to. Not to. Not to uh, uh, what was going to say? Not to take diminish. away. Not to diminish what what a winning a trophy would be. They've got a, a a final against Alaves, which should be a pretty fairly easy win. I mean, on paper, that's a that's a pretty strong mismatch. Yeah. But with Barcelona. The two two losses earlier in the season killed them. September tenth, the third game in the season against Alaves at home, that killed them right there. And then Celta Vigo at Celta Vigo on October the second. Those were the those were the two games that really cost Barcelona the league this year. And with players like Suarez and Messi, I know Neymar. Ne- the problem was with Neymar getting off to such a slow start this season. I mean that that was one of the reasons why they really struggled early on in the season. But they needed that absolutely miracle comeback against PSG in the Champions League just to make it out of the round of 16 and then we just completely outclassed by Juventus completely outclassed over two legs in, in in that semifinal. and you would think that a team like Barcelona the last thing a team uh the last thing a team like that needs if you're their competition is like this crazy comeback because I would just give them more confidence but they really went out with a whimper this year and I was very surprised by that considering the absolute miracle they had against PSG
1: yeah um yeah, honestly, Barcelona has been oh, those those two losses really got to them um early on and it put them behind. No, not to
0: not to take away from the other losses they had. They lost to Deportivo and to Malaga later in the season, but it was the first two losses early early on in September and October that really killed them this season.
1: Yeah, it it put them on behind Real Madrid and since then, I mean, as we've seen as we've seen throughout the season, it's they never were able to regain that, well, fully regain that. We You mentioned before they had a game in hand, or a couple games in hand, but they never were truly able to regain that top position, so it's those two losses really put them behind from the get-go.
0: We, we spoke about the loss of Aura with mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola earlier, and Pep Guardiola was one of the reasons why Barcelona still has that Aura, but when I was watching that first leg game, I mean, take out the second game of that, because I was just such a freak, but the first game of that two game of that of that two uh legged tie against PSG they were just absolutely blown out of the water by a fairly on paper average PSG side i mean that averageness caught up to them in the second leg but they were just blown out of the water i mean messi played terribly i think iniesta watching him in that game it it seemed like he was 95 years old he didn't want to run he didn't seem interested it seemed it just it was a very un barcelona like performance and i think if if barcelona goes on a a two or three year slide maybe i think you could look at back at not just that loss but the loss to juventus in the next round as kind of a a, a bit of a dark period for barcelona and that's not out of the question don't yell don't hate me barcelona fans because right now the, Real Madrid doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, Atletico Madrid might get weaker here in, with losing Griezmann and a couple other players, but we saw what happened when they lost Diego Costa. I mean, they just brought in Griezmann, so yeah. it seems like they always they always regenerate. So I just I I feel that this could be the beginning of a extended
1: Real Madrid reign
0: in La Liga.
1: I, am I am I off by saying that? No, I I agree, especially with as we've said before, Zidane is the manager. Um, Neymar off to a little bit of a a slow start this season. Hopefully, it doesn't carry into the next season. And I mean, as a Liverpool fan, they were looking at Coutinho and seriously trying to bring him in to the team. And Coutinho, he wasn't really having it. He wants to stay with Liverpool, so that's kind of a scary. That thought. does that
0: does show you that people a player would want to stay with Liverpool over the mighty Barcelona. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, final thing here: big game today, Europa League final, Ajax and, and Manchester United. You are wearing an Ajax shirt, which I was surprised about. I am.
1: Um, well, the story behind that is my uncle is uh, from the Netherlands. He's a big Ajax fan. But I'm kind of undecided because I, I want to see Griezmann in the Premier League. I want to see him competing with uh, top teams. And you think
0: United needs to win in order for them to get him? Oh, yeah. Okay. With, without fair winning, enough. he's not going to So United. let me get this straight. As a Liverpool fan, you are picking Manchester United.
1: Um, I just want to see how it plays out. I want a good game. Okay. that's that's, I mean. that's a fair
0: thing to say. For me, I'm going to go Manchester United. I hope they don't win. I just think that... They play a lot of negative football, and that wouldn't reflect well on, on the on the Premier League in Europe next season. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Manchester United one nil in this game. I think it's going to be a classic Mourinho park the bus
1: performance. I mean, I, I'm fully with you on that. I think one nil, especially without Zlatan. They've got Rashford in his pace, but um, there's no De Gea playing. So yeah, that's it's bizarre how that how that's been working out. But anyway, this has been FuVFC. Thanks
0: to Luke for a wonderful show. Thank you for having me. We'll see you next week.